I don't know about you, but <laughs> the last two openers have been hilarious. I know my wife and I, we were laughing out loud as we were watching it last week, especially with it being familiar faces. So if you have Wombaland kids, that's Carrie the dog walker. She's uh, sort of dressed up like this FBI agent that is taking people's polygraphs. But we want it to lighten maybe any, any reservation you have. Uh, I know we've had a couple first-time guests the last couple of weeks, and thank you so much for filling out that contact us card. And uh, would I was able to hear your story, and I think it's so neat. And so if you're watching maybe for the first time, hopefully that lightened any reservation you have about what we'll be talking about today, what it looks like to be honest to God. This series was a, a result of a conversation and, and many conversations that I've had over the years with people who struggle with prayer. They They struggle with talking with God or confessing things to God or asking God for things. And one of the things that we want to do is we want to be helpful in this series, but the only way that we can be helpful is if you're honest. And if you're not honest, it's going to be very difficult for this to be a helpful series. So last week, we talked about it's very difficult to fully trust God if we're not fully honest with God. And if you think of any of your relationships so just think of your relationships for a second, whether it's with your, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your spouse, your kids. If there's no trust, there's no honesty. If, if someone's not going to be fully honest, they don't fully trust. And so we have transferred that sometimes to our relationship with God where we don't trust God because we're not fully honest with God. That's what we talked about last week, that Jesus was very clear. God wants to be known. He wants to be known by you. He wants to be known by me. And he even said it best. He said, in order to know me, uh, if you know me, you know the Father. This is huge. He wants to be known. And because he wants to be known, that means that he can be trusted and that we can be fully honest with him. So this week, we're going to talk about when doubts swirl. The fact of the matter is, all of us struggle with doubt. I know that I do. Even as a professional Christian, I struggle with doubt. I struggle with the fact that people are having their prayers answered that I've been praying. I've been praying the similar prayer, the same prayer, and yet they have their prayer answered, but yet I don't. I've been praying for things for over two years, over three years. One, three years and eight months I've been praying for, and I still haven't gotten an answer on it. Then there's other times where I'm praying with people, and they're like, ah, oh, you know, I heard from God, and I'm like, man, I haven't heard from God in a while. Like, I'm begging God to talk to me. Like, I want to hear him. So we're going to hopefully, with me being honest that this is my struggle, hopefully that opens you up a little bit to know that, man, this is a safe place uh, to share a little bit. But hey, I, I, I do doubt too. The question that I want to put on the table this morning is this. Does God really invite us to be honest about our doubts? Does God really invite you, invite me to be honest about our doubts? And the answer is yes. It's an emphatic yes, he does. He can handle our honest questions, our honest doubts, our honest fears. He can handle that. He's a big boy. He can handle that. Let's think about your relationships for a second. You experience what you bring in the relationship. You experience what you bring in the relationship. Look, if you're going to put 10% effort in the relationship, you're only going to get 10% out of the relationship. If you put in 50% of effort in the relationship, you'll experience 50% of effort in the relationship. But if you're all in on the relationship, you're going to experience an all-in kind of experience in the relationship. This is true for our relationship with God. You experience what you put in. You experience what you put in that relationship. 
from what I know about myself, I have doubts. I know from the conversations I've had with some of you, you've had similar doubts. Maybe you've doubted whether God loves you or God is in your corner because something you prayed for hasn't come yet. Or maybe for you, you've been praying for a job to provide for your family. You've been waiting for that promotion to come and it just hasn't happened yet. But yet you are praying. You're wondering, God, do I need to change something in my life in order to get what I want? Or what I'm praying for? Do I need to change something? Do I need to confess something? Do I need to make something right in order for you to get, give me what I'm asking for? Others of us, we're wondering, will I ever get married? Why isn't, or why isn't he or why isn't she paying more attention to me? Or for some of us, we're wondering, will I ever have kids? Or maybe for you, you're waiting, you're like wondering, will my kid ever get out of the house before 30? But this is what I know. Doubt could be defined as this. When what I feel obstructs what I know. Doubt could be defined as this. When what I feel obstructs what I know. So Jen and I, we met in college. We met and we began talking my first year and it was our second semester. And so we had talked. We went on some date with friends and I liked her. She liked me. And so I remember two weeks after talking, seeing each other, I said to her, we took a walk on our campus, and I said to her, I said, Jenny, I want you to know that I'm all in on a relationship that's going to lead to marriage. I want you to know that you're the one for me. Now, you might be like, man, that's bold. That was gutsy. Yeah, it, w- it was gutsy. Like, I was kind of all in on this, and I had no idea. And I even told her, I said, look, babe, look, Jenny, take as long as you want. Man, I'm regretting saying that. Look, it, it, look, day went by after day after day after day. And I'm beginning to have increased doubts. Man, maybe you're too strong. Or, or man, if, if people find out that she rejected you, I mean, basically you had to go to a different school. Like, I didn't know what was going to happen. And it took two weeks. And it was a long two weeks. And she finally said to me, she's like, all right, I'm, I'm in. And the rest is history. But look, for you, it may not be as, as lighthearted as that. Maybe for you, your doubt has led to depression. Your doubt has led to jealousy. Your doubt has led to mistrust, anxiety, maybe even fear. See, the goal this morning is to be as helpful as we can be. And we want to be helpful because we believe that God encourages us to give, give over, be honest, Give your doubt to him. Be honest about your doubt to him. Something we struggle with. I think for some of us, we're we're wondering, okay, is it really worth it? Yeah, I think it is worth it. Notice what this person says. This person who sacrificed a lot with moving to the slums of Kolkata. This is what she writes. She says, where is my faith? Even deep down, right in, there's nothing but emptiness and darkness. My God, how painful is this unknown pain. It pains without ceasing. I have no faith. I dare not utter words and thoughts that crowd in my heart and make me suffer untold agony. So many unanswered questions live in me. I am afraid to uncover them. That was Mother Teresa. And you you might be wondering, how could someone like her have doubt? The fact is, 
because she's a human being, just like you have that, just like I have that. We are human. And that's not an excuse. It's an explanation. The fact that you and I, we struggle with what we call the sin nature, that we don't want to give things over to God who has his own plan, who has his own timing with our stuff. We don't want that. We'd rather have control because we want it in our time. We want it on our schedule. That's why we struggle with with, with, with trusting God. Look, we're going to continue to doubt God when we don't trust God. And doubt can feel like a barrier to our relationship with God. Look, you and I, we're going to keep, we're going to keep doubting when we continue to bout God. You'll doubt when you bout God. More, more doubting happens when we keep bouting God. Uh, think about the eclipse for a second. You have earth, you have the sun in the middle, you have the moon. Every 18 months, somewhere on this planet, you see the eclipse. And so the moon is orbiting and continuing to orbit. And what happens when it finally kind of goes right in the middle? Yeah, it blocks the sunlight. We get no sunlight. Wherever you are on that place on Earth, every 18 months, you will not see what? Yeah, the sun. The, the sunlight is blocked. That's what doubt does. Doubt is constantly orbiting you and what it does is it blocks you from seeing what god is doing in your life you're missing out on what god is doing why because doubt has orbited and has blocked us has thrown shade has thrown shade on god working and seeing god working in our life and when doubt does that it leads us to hopelessness it leads us to fear it leads us to uncertainty it leads us not to trust so last week, we, we looked at David, and we leaned in on some of David's writings. And David, who was this shepherd boy who became a folk hero by killing a giant, became Israel's greatest king. And along the way, he developed these skills of being a songwriter. And we leaned in on a few of the psalms last week, and we're going to do the same thing this week. We're going to look at one of them. And we're going to see just how honest he was with his doubts with God. He was honest when it came to his doubts with God. So let's pick it up in Psalm 13, and this is what he writes. He says, Oh Lord, and last week we said, and we looked at that every time in the Old Testament, the word Lord is capitalized in all caps. It refers to God's covenant name, his personal name. So Peter, uh, not Peter, <laughs> David has this, rela- this personal relationship with God, and he says, Oh Lord, how long? How long? You might be wondering, how long will I continue to wait? How long will I continue to be single? How long will it be before I get married? How long will it be before my spouse begins to pay attention to me? How long will it be before my kids move out of the house? How long will it be? How long will it be? You fill in that blank, whatever for you. He says, oh Lord, how long will you forget me? Forever? How long will you look the other way? This comes across as God has paid attention to other people. He's been answering other people's prayers. And yet, David, who is by far Israel's greatest king, he's only been the second king, but if you look through history, he was an amazing king based on who went before and after him. A guy that God even said was after his own heart. And he's wondering, God, you've, it seems like you've forgotten me. You've turned away from me. St- please stop looking the other way. I need you to look my way. He continues, he says, How long must I struggle with anguish in my soul, with sorrow in my heart every day? Man, we will label this 
a form of depression. I'm sad. I wake up sad. I eat lunch sad. I go to bed sad. I feel like something's been ripped away from me. I'm wrestling with things I never thought I'd wrestle with. He continues, he says, how long will my enemy have the upper hand? And look, our enemy could include, it could be a spiritual enemy, it could be Satan, or a natural enemy, it could be depression, anger, or even cancer, a disease, or it could be relational, it could be a relational enemy, betrayal, slander, racism. And you might be thinking, man, no matter what I do, I'm sure David was thinking, no matter what I do, I'm losing and I'm not winning. And he continues, he says, turn and answer me, O Lord, my God. Now, are you, if you're a parent, if you're a coach, if you're a teacher, or maybe if you're an older sibling, I'm sure you've said something to this before. Hey, look at me when I'm talking to you. Have you ever done that? Maybe not with a smile like I just did, but have you ever, I know we have a six-year-old who apparently knows everything, and we have had to look her in the face, eyeball to eyeball. Baby, look at me when I'm talking to you. And in the Hebrew, it literally means, the tone of it is David saying, God, look at me when I'm talking to you. That's bold. And that's bold. He was venting to God. He's demanding an answer to his doubt. He's demanding an answer of, God, why aren't you coming through for me? He, 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 he continues, he says, turn and answer me, O Lord, my God, restore the sparkle in my eyes, or I will die. Look, it, that sounds a little dramatic, right? But it's very poetic. I mean, he's a songwriter. He's a musician. They tend to be a little bit that way. But David wants to see again. He wants to feel again. He wants to laugh again. He wants to be himself again. And have, have you ever been in that place where you're like, man, I just want to, I just want to laugh again. I want to, uh, I want to be myself again. Or if I don't, I'm never going to be that person again. I'm just going to die. He says, don't let my enemies gloat. We have defeated him. Don't let them rejoice at my downfall. And look, we don't know the context. We don't know what's exactly going on. But none of us like when people gloat when we fail. No one likes it when people are standing over us. Should have listened better. You should have done this better. No one wants anybody gloating over us. Here's sort of something that's really important as we have pulled some things from this. Being honest to God creates a relationship strong enough to bear the weight of doubt. I'll say that again. Being honest to God, it creates a relationship strong enough to bear the weight of doubt. See, doubt goes from being a barrier to being a bridge. Then, then he does something. It seems like he walks away. His tone was like, God, look at me when I'm talking to you. Like his tone just seems to change. And if you ever, if, like, do you know a songwriter? They, they are interesting people for sure, but man, they are talented people. My brother is a songwriter, my younger brother. And he, he, like, we're, we're around like a family. We're like, like a campfire. And then all of a sudden he get, goes, gets a guitar. And he's like, oh, let me just strum you some, some things. And he like comes up with a song. It's the craziest thing. I got two left hands when it comes to the instrument. Maybe he just left away, uh, walked away and then came back and finished the song. It, it's very possible. I know songwriters who, who do that. They, they can't get what they, they, they can't express on paper what they want to express. And so they, they leave and they come back. And maybe this is what happened. Maybe this is what happened. Maybe he just took a break. 
Notice what he says and what he's about to say ought to encourage you and I to trust God with your doubt. Notice, but I trust in your unfailing love. David still hasn't had answers to his prayers. He hasn't had answers to his doubts. He's still waiting to hear from God, but yet he's willing to trust God because of his covenantal love. Now, this is huge. The word, the Hebrew word for love is really means loyal love. It refers to God's covenant love. It, that God made a covenant with David. And this was an unconditional covenant. He was like, David, look, regardless if you mess this up, I'm still delivering on my promise that there will be a Messiah in your line. And that happened to be Jesus. He's like, I- I'm not going to blow it. Even if you blow it, I'm holding steady. I'm committed to the promise that I made to you. You could go off and be a moron, David, but I want you to know that I've committed to what I promised. And John speaks this so beautifully as he describes Jesus, who was God in the flesh. He said he was full of unfailing love. Listen, God has made a commitment to you. He is not looking at removing the adoption paperwork that he had for you and for me. He's not looking at ripping it apart. God is committed to you because of what Jesus has done for us. He says, I will sing to the Lord because he is good to me. I will sing to the Lord because he is good to me. Man, some of us might be doubting that this is David's answer to doubt, to praise God for what he's done. David goes from doubt to hope in just a verse. And maybe he's looking back on his life. And notice, we'll go back up to verse 5 because this is important. He says, I will rejoice because you have rescued me. The fact that God loved him, he was committed to him, he was able to go back in his life and see, man, God was faithful to me. God rescued me. God did this for me. He was able to go back even further to other covenants that God made with his people. Man, God delivered on his promises. I know that he's going to continue to develop, to to deliver on his promises. And what I love about this, what I love about it, is his answer to it was to praise God. He was going to rejoice and he was going to sing. David's answer to doubt was praise. Because notice what praise does. It fixes our attention on what and who is true. Praise is the answer to our doubt. Why? Because it fixes our attention on what And who is true? What and who? Who is God? What is his word? It's true. Jesus is described as the same yesterday, today, and forever. So there are a couple options for you and me as we sort of leave this series. We sort of move on from this series. There's there's two things you and I can do with our doubt. One, wait to be honest to God until you have your questions answered. That could be the first step. Maybe maybe that's your option. You want to, you know what? I want to wait to be honest to God until I have my questions answered. Maybe option two, be honest to God with your unanswered questions. Be honest to God with your unanswered questions. Honestly, option two is the best. It's the best. It's the wisest option. It's important for us to be honest to God with our unanswered questions, just like David modeled for us. So I'll leave you with two things. First is this. Being honest about your doubt reveals to God 
what is true about you. I'll say it again. Being honest about your doubt reveals to God what is true about you. Being honest in praise reminds you what is true about God. Being honest in praise reminds you what is true about God. So look, back to the illustration, the eclipse, Tao will always orbit. And the answer to that is praise. It's reminding, it's putting our attention on who and what is true. So hopefully this series has been an encouragement to you. What I want to do now is I want to encourage you to be honest. We invite you to do one of two things. One, if you're a follower of Jesus, we want you to know that you can reach out to any of our hosts and we want to walk you through any next step. Maybe you want us to pray for you. Let us know. We want to help you as maybe you're dealing with doubt. Look, we may not have all the answers, but one thing we do know is we will be willing to walk with you through the things that you're, you're doubting. If you're not a follower of Jesus, we invite you to trust Jesus, to trust what he's done for you. He was willing to go to bat for you. And the fact is, maybe you were reminded, man, I need, I need that unconditional love. I need someone to make that unconditional commitment to me, and that is salvation. Our hosts are standing by, ready, willing to help you make a decision to follow Jesus. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for this unique opportunity to see what it looks like to be honest to you. And quite honestly, for some of us, we haven't been honest. And hopefully this has inspired us, this has motivated us, this has encouraged us to be honest with you. Father, if anything is holding us back from being honest with you, please help us to get it out of the way. Father, as for, for, for those of us who are followers of Jesus and we have doubt in our lives, help us to have the courage, help us to have the faith to praise you, to think back on the things that you've done for us and the things that you promised to do. Father, help us to be open-handed with what we're asking you to do in our lives. Father, again, thank you for being faithful to your commitments. It's amazing, and it's awesome. God, thank you for what you do. In Jesus' name, amen.